In the word of God, you will realize that God has given us quite a number of things in the form of promises. He has made things available to us by just telling us about them, by informing us of them, and said that they are ours. For example, he gave us good health. God's word tells us in the book of 3 John chapter 1, if you read verse 2, he said, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may as prosper and be in health even as your soul prospereth. So good health, sound health, divine health, all combined together are the heritage of God's people. We all can walk in good health. By his stripes, we were healed. First Peter 2.24, I believe. Said by his stripes, we were healed. So you will see that he has promised us good health. In the word of God, the Bible says in Exodus 25 verse 23, he said very clearly, he said he will give us good health. Say none of this sickness, if thou shalt serve the Lord thy God, he said he will bless your bread and bless your water and take sickness out of the midst of you. So one of the promises that we have in God's word is good health. Uh, apart from that, he has also promised to prosper us. He promised to prosper us. In Proverbs 28 verse 13, he said, He that covereth his sin shall not, uh, 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 he that his sin shall not prosper, but he that confess and forsake it shall have mercy. So he has promised to prosper us. He has promised to give unto us good measure, pressed down, shaken together. In Luke 6, 38, he said, Give and it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. So he has promised to bless us. He has promised to give us, and with material things, he has promised to give us good health. So all of these things that God has promised us, we need to possess them. We need to take them over. And the reason why I'm saying this is because... All of these things that God has promised us, the enemy have decided in his own decision, you know, and machinations to stand in the way of us getting it. He knows that if we get it, we become better servants of God. He knows that if we get it, we become better testimonies to the world. That God is alive and he is true and that he reigns in the affairs of men. He knows that. And he knows that God will be glorified above all things. Now, he does not want to see that. So he stands in the way of what God has promised that you and I want to possess. And we have to know how to uh, possess it, how to overcome him, how to deal with him. And whatever he has put in the way of our possessing, our possession. Praise the Lord, wherever you may be. Hallelujah. I want you to know some things about this enemy. Number one thing I want you to know is this, that what we want He's standing against it. He's standing in the way. Number two is this. He will not let go without a fight. Satan will not let go without a fight. The Bible says, who goeth unto a man's house to take possession of his goods? Who will not first of all have to bind the strong man? If you don't bind the strong man and deal with the strong man, the goods are not going to be yours. And he will not give up without a fight. No wonder Paul said in 2 Timothy 4 verse 7, I have fought a good fight. Paul was a fighter. He fought a good fight. So he will not give you, he will not give you access, he will not allow you to have access to it without a fight. Now, the fight is not yours, it's the Lord's. But you have to understand that he will try to do everything possible to stop you. Not only that, he is a determined opposition. He will use craftiness, he will use subtlety, he will use deception, he will use lies, he will use hypocrisy, he will use all manners of falsehood just to ensure that you don't have access to what God has promised you which you need to possess. So he's a determined opposition. 
And not only that, he fights dirty. He's a dirty fighter. He's a dirty fighter. Many years, many months, I mean, many weeks ago, someone sent me a post that I really love. He said, don't try to fight with a pig. Because the pig, he said, don't try to fight with a pig because you will get dirty. He said, and the pig likes it. So don't try. Pick your battles. There are some people you don't argue with, you don't fight with. There are some texts that you received many years ago. Somebody sent me a text and abused me very well in the text. I didn't reply. It's over seven years I've not replied to the text. <laughs> there, are some, there are some things you don't respond to. There are some things you don't waste your precious time to. Or else it will become a monumental waste of your precious time. You need to understand that the, dead, the pig likes to get dirty. So when someone wants to fight, he said, don't fight pigs. He said, they, 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 it, it, will, it will cause you to be dirty. And the pigs likes dirt. He likes to be dirty. But you don't like to be dirty? So it's important for us to know that the devil is a dirty fighter. He will take, want to take you to the mud. He wants to rubbish you on the floor. He will want to mess you up just because he wants to stand in the way of what God has put or has given to you. I've given you the land. Go and possess it. Somebody say amen. I prophesy to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Whatever God has in store for you today, receive access to them in the name of Jesus no matter how dirty the devil wants to get, you will not get dirty. God will lift you above him in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Now, listen very carefully to this. In Obadiah chapter 1, God opened our eyes, my eyes to see a particular secret. On how you can deal with the enemy when you want to possess your possession. Get ready for this. In Obadiah 1, 17 to 19, verse 17 is the one that we quote the most. But upon Mount Zion shall be deliverance and the house and holiness and the house of Jacob shall possess their possession. That is beautiful. But look at verse 18. Verse 18 is what you need to become to possess. If you are going to possess whatever God has promised you that the devil is standing in the way, if you don't become verse 18, you can't possess it. Look at verse 18. He said, you know, he said the house of Jacob in verse 17 shall possess. He now said what the house of Jacob had to be to possess. He said, and the house of Jacob shall be a fire. Certain men, wherever you may be. The house of Jacob, who want to possess, shall must become a fire. Then he said, and he said, and the house of Jacob shall be a fire, and the house of Joseph a flame. Then the devil, the house of Esau, a stubble. A stubble is something that a, 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 a material that is susceptible to fire. It can be consumed easily by fire. He said, and the house of Esau shall be a stubble. Then he said, we, he said, they shall kindle in them. We will set them on fire and then we will devour them. Harabo Shataya. I prophesy in the name of Jesus Christ. Whatever is standing between you and your possession, today you become a fire. Today you become a flame and you will consume them in the name of Jesus. He said, and they shall consume them, and there shall not be any remaining of the house of Esau. This is the, oh, Maraboshata. Look at the extent to which this fire can walk. He said, nothing shall stand after you have kindled. Glory to God. I say, may God set you on fire, set you ablaze, cause you to be a flame in your household, in your place of work, in your community, in your country, in your city, in your sector, in the name of Jesus Christ. A flame of fire ready to consume. A flame of fire ready to devour. And that there shall be nothing remaining of the house of Esau. For the Lord has spoken it. 
hiding said it. Then after you have become that fire and you have consumed the enemy, look at what happened in verse 19. Possession starts. He said in verse 19, and they of the south shall possess of Mount Zion. Mount Esau. He said, we now begin to possess. That's the first time he mentioned he possessed. Number two, he said, and they of the plain of Philistine, and they shall possess the fields of Ephraim, another one. And the fields of Samaria, another one. Benjamin, now listen to me. When you become a fire, even your Benjamin, Benjamin is the last tribe, the least tribe in Israel in terms of number. That's the last born, the last son of Jacob by Rachel. And he said, even Benjamin, as small as he is, he himself shall possess Gilead. I declare, therefore, that as you go forth into this new week in the name of Jesus Christ, or wherever, whatever time you are watching this video, wherever you are, that you step out from after this message, even your little, even your little, even that which is small, your small effort, your little effort shall have great impact and you will possess with it in the name of Jesus Christ. The possession starts after we ignite the fire. This is one of these. You have to become a fire in order to neutralize the determination and the aggression of the enemy. You need to become a fire. I want to say this to you. Many believers are not fire. We have lost our fire. We are no longer a blaze for God. We are not. Spiritually, we are not on fire. Spiritually, we are not a flame. And we cannot possess or set the house of Jacob becomes a fire. One thing the enemy cannot stand in the way of is the fire of God. When you have that fire within you, when you have that fire all over you, you will neutralize the aggression of hell. You will put to flight the, the opposition of hell, irrespective of their numbers, irrespective of their strength, irrespective of their influence, irrespective of their connections, irrespective of their stand. Why? Because you have become a fire. The house of Jacob has to be fire. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, you need to become a fire. Say, you need to become a fire. Now, I want to say, I want to say one or two things about fire, then I will move on. To how you can become, we can, can, can set yourself on fire. I'll never forget this. A man of God said this many, many years ago. He said, set yourself on fire and the world will come and watch you born. Set yourself on fire and the world will come and watch you born. There's a rebellion that started in North Africa some years ago from a country called Tunisia. They were going through economic depression. The people in power did not care about them. They were getting richer and richer and the poor was getting poorer and poorer to the point where a man, a particular man, could not feed his family. They had gone without food for days. The man now went to the government house and poured gasoline on himself and set himself on fire. That was how angry he was. He set himself on fire. Now, with one man setting himself on fire, do you know what happened? That fire burned throughout the whole North Africa. Governments were removed. Presidents were, were, were removed. Pe people in power were unsettled. Because one man, it went from Tunisia to Algeria. The president of Tunisia had to step down. President of, president of Algeria had to step down. He went from Algeria to Egypt. The long-standing president Mubarak of Egypt had to step down. Then he went to Yemen. Then he went to Bahrain. I mean, it one man on fire. And the whole world felt it. Every news channel in the world carried the news. One man on fire. 
I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that God will set you on fire today. And that fire will cause an influence. It will cause a particular reaction that will spread throughout your household, spread throughout your finances, spread throughout your career, that every injustice you have suffered shall be consumed in Jesus' name. Shout amen if you believe it. We're on fire. Say to yourself, I'm on fire. Say like somebody who is on fire. Now, you know when fire burns, that's when you scream. Say like, shout like somebody who is on fire. Say, I am on fire. I'm on fire. The devil can't stand you when I'm on fire. But he will do anything if I'm not on fire. The house of Jacob shall become a fire. The house of Joseph shall become a flame. And the house of Esau shall become a stubble. And then we shall kindle in them and devour them and nothing shall be remaining in the house of Esau because the Lord has spoken it. Obadiah 1 verse 18. That's how we possess. We don't possess by just saying uh, 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 the house of Jacob shall possess their possession. I am possessing my possession. You better, you better set yourself on fire. You better become a flame. A blaze. Hot. Too hot to undo. Hallelujah to Jesus. Too hot for the enemy to handle. When he sees your fire, it will neutralize his aggression. All of the noise is making will keep quiet. The reason why Christians are seated there complaining day in, day out. I'm poor. It's not happening for me. It's this. Where is everything that God has promised me? You are not on fire. You are not on fire. House of Jacob, if you are not on fire. House of Joseph, if you are not a flame, you can't possess. We need to step into the realm, to the battlefield as fire. Woo! I just feel fire on me. Fire in me. Hallelujah. Archbishop Benson in the Hosa of blessed memory. Great man of God. The founder of Church of God mission, I think. Yes, in Bini. Great man of God. Raised the dead. Healed the sick. God through him raised dead people. Healed the sick. He wrote, there was a book that was written about him. The title of this, Fire in His Bones. Fire in his bones. Are you on fire? Or you are just those nominal Christians who just, you know, I'm born again. And that's all you can burn, burn, burn with. Are you on fire? Don't let your Christianity drag you to the point where you become a religious, all-taking, all-accepting, all-bearing Christians. Be on fire. Today, we are, God is going to set you on fire in the name of Jesus. If you believe that, lift up your right hand and say, I believe it. He's going to set you on fire. We need to be ignited. The possession of our possessions, the possessing rather, of our possessions starts after we ignite ourselves. After we ignite a fire in our lives. So that when the devil sees you in the morning and you come out of your house, he knows that he cannot mess with you. When you enter into your office, yeah, I have one manager, he's always making my life, you are not on fire. When you are on fire, and you enter into your office that morning, the devil, because it's not the manager who is frustrating you, the devil who knows that you are the child of God is the one using him to frustrate you. So the devil in him will see it, he will back up. Ay, 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 ay. Fire, no. I'm on fire, sorry about that. <laughs> That's vernacular. Sorry about it. Fire! Many years ago, I think I've shared this before, many years ago, some brethren, one of the ministries where I used to, where I, where I worked before, you know, before moving on. There was a brother, there were two brothers there trying to cast out the devil from another brother. I mean, I mean a sister. And they said, come on. The devil said, I'm not coming out. They said, we bind you. He said, I will not be bound. They said, we command you. He said, I refuse to be commanded. They were like the seven sons of Skiva. They think you can just say it and it will happen. They never knew that they had to be on fire. 
There was a young man in that same ministry then that we used to call Father Nash. Father Nash was a praying man because this man was always praying every time we see him. Even when the pastor is preaching, when Evan John is preaching, after his service, just always praying because Jesus said in Luke 18, verse 2, men ought always to pray, not to faint. Always praying. This man just by um, accidentally stepped into the room where they were casting out the, the devil from this lady, where the deliverance was going on. The moment he entered and that lady saw him, the devil in her screamed and called him, without knowing him, called him by his name. He called his name and said, ah, get away from me. You, I don't want you in this room. Not you, not you. That's how we knew on that day that those brothers in your fire. He commanded that devil to come and the devil obeyed him immediately. Are you on fire? I'm binding. You are binding. He refused to be bound. You are losing. He refused to be loose. You are commanding. He refused to be command. So you not just accept that well, that's Christianity, you know. Sometimes God answers prayer, sometimes he doesn't. He's a lie. God answers every prayer according to his will all the time. All the time. Let the devil deceive you. Let me show you two things about fire quickly because of my time. Say to the devil, say you need to be on fire. Say to your neighbor again, say you need to be on fire. I mean it. Say it, I mean it. You need to be on fire. Don't be on fire. You wake up in the morning. For almost days now, you have not even prayed. You've not even prayed. And it's just okay with you. You've not read your Bible. You've not had uh, 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 time with the Lord. And then you expect to see a devil and say, Satan in that. He will slap your face. In fact, he will slap you so seriously that his hand is, will leave a mark on your face. Don't you want to call it my, my father, my father in the law, you say, the devil will give you what is called a legend. Let me translate that in English. He will give you a bloody slap. Blood, they call it bloody slap. Blood. He <laughs> will slap you, you will see stars. You will think there are only two stars in the world. You will see stars. You, you think you are in space. So let me say one or two things about fire quickly. Number one, look at this. The first thing about fire is this. This fire I'm talking about, this spiritual fire, is that it is one of our spiritual identities. That's our spiritual identity. It's one of our spiritual identities. Fire. Another name for a child of God is fire. Mm -hmm. That's another name. For a child of God, another name for you is F-I-R-E. Fire. Many years ago, I had a man of God said, he said, you are a fire. That's who you are. A fire. That's what you stand for. A fire. A genuine child of God is known in the realm of the spirit by the nature of fire. The nature of fire. They possess that they possess on them. When the devil sees you, he sees fire. He doesn't see a biomiola rushaye. No, he sees fire. I am a flaming fire. Flaming fire. Any of my child that comes to me, oh, daddy, this thing is burning me. I, I don't argue. I don't ask. I just lay my hands in the name of Jesus. Get out. After 10 minutes, how are you feeling? Ah, oh, daddy, I feel good. Fire. Fire consumes trouble. Sickness is trouble. Are you hearing me? Depression is trouble. Are you hearing me? Lack, poverty is trouble. Are you hearing me? When you set yourself on fire, you will consume them and you will possess your prosperity. Receive that in the name of Jesus Christ. That's our nature spiritually. Psalm 104 verse 4. 
Look at what the scripture said. Psalm 104, verse 4. He said, God maketh his angel spirits and his ministers flaming fire. Flaming. Fire. That's our nature. That's who we are. Please, let me tell your neighbor, say, are you burning? Say, are you on fire? Say, are you on fire? Ask your neighbor, are you on fire? Are you really on fire? Look at them in the eyes. Say, are you really on fire? Say, are you really on fire? Say, I can't feel any heat from you right now. I don't know what it is. I can't feel anything from you right now. There are some people you will sit beside in church, but for sitting next to them, you will be the one sleeping. If I were you, I would leave that place. You say, ah, I don't sleep normally in service. How come I'm sleeping now? You have just entered air-conditioned spiritual atmosphere. You're supposed to be on fire. You sleep beside somebody on fire. You can't sleep. Say, hey, man, hallelujah, glory, man. They're on fire. They are beaming with fire. <laughs> hallelujah. Luke 3, verse 16. Look at this. John was speaking about Jesus Christ in Luke 3, verse 16. And he said the same thing in Matthew 3, verse 11. He said, John answered, saying unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I comment, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost, and that's, is that the end? And with cool water. Mm, is that what you baptize you with? Rather, with the Holy Ghost and with fire. No wonder Acts 2 verse 3 says, And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And he sat. A ladder was sat. Someone says sat. Say he says sat. He was not in a hurry to leave. He sat upon each of them. You see that word? Each, each, each. That means you need your own fire. I need my own fire. You, he needs his fire. She needs his fire. We all need our fire. We've got to be on fire. When Christians are not on fire, that's the way you see the way we deal with the things of God. You see, a Christian who doesn't have time to serve God. You're not on fire. You think you are, you've lost the fire. You just didn't know. There's, it's possible to backslide without knowing. Even though you're still Sokolo, 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 Bangoshe. And you seek them to hear one voice that's not the voice of God. How can a Christian say they don't have time to pray? How can you say you don't have time to pray? A believer? How can a believer say they don't believe in faith? And you call yourself a believer. In fact, you can't even be a believer without faith. For he that cometh to God, Hebrews 11 verse 6, the B part. He that cometh to God must believe that he is and is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. It takes faith to even be saved. So how can you say you are saved and yet you can't believe that faith works? That is, hey, you better, hey, you better don't mind them. All this faith, 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 faith. Prayer, 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 prayer. Hey, you better go and do your own thing yourself. And you can help, help those who help themselves. Well, it's not in the Bible. God only helped the helpless. Read your Bible very well. He giveth power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increases strength. Not those who have might. What am I saying here? Are you on fire? Or you've lost your fire without knowing? Say it's time to go to church. Say, I'm, I'm, I'm sleepy today. I can't go to church. You are not on fire. You've lost your fire. That's why the devil is dealing with you. He's put on you the spirit of tiredness and weariness. You are so wearied that you can't even serve God again. There is nothing within you inspiring you. Eh, it's that church. It's not the church. It's you. Stop blaming church. No church can stop anyone from serving God. It's a lie from the pit of hell. Eh, the way they are treating me. Listen to me very well. The devil is selling you a lie. And you are receiving it on the platter of gold. No church can stop you. Jesus was faced with the most terrible set of churchgoers. But yet he fulfilled purpose. He raised the dead. He healed the sick. He still did everything he ought, to, he ought to do while he was here. 
Stop blaming church. It's a lie. One pastor is the one. I don't like the pastor preach about me all the time. If they don't preach about you, who would they preach about? Do you go to a doctor and say you have headache and he's treating footache? Won't you leave that doctor? The reason why he said they are preaching about you because the Holy Ghost is dealing with an area of your life that is so sensitive. And we don't like that. And the reason why we can't receive the word is because we have lost the fire. Some of us, the only reason why we go to church is because we are sitting in the ushering department. The only reason why we go to church is because we are sitting member of the board of ministers. The only reason why we go to church is because we are in the choir. We have to sing. There is no other reason. So if that is taken away from you, you fall like a pack of cards. Your commitment to God becomes nothing. Let me say this. Activity is not the same as accomplishment. You have to realize that it is, this is as a result of lack of flame, lack of fire. Today, I prophesy, fresh fire upon you in the name of Jesus Christ. Fresh fire upon you in the name of Jesus Christ. I have prayed for you this morning. That fire will consume all those dejection, rejection, depression that is operating in your life. All those evil thoughts that the enemies put in your heart to stop you from giving to God what is due unto him. That fire will consume it. That fire consume everything. And he said, none of the house of Israel shall remain. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Obadiah 18. It's our nature. It's our spiritual identity. Hebrews 12 verse 29. He said, the Lord our God, he said, our God is a consuming fire. Consuming fire. The, temp, the, the same thing he said in Deuteronomy 4 verse 24. He said, the Lord thy God is a consuming fire, even a jealous God. That's the God that we serve. He's our identity. If God is a consuming fire, who do you think you are? What do you think you are? You are a consuming fire. Why? It, the, 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 the baby of a lion cannot look like a monkey. John chapter 3 verse 6. Listen to this. Jesus was speaking to uh, Nicodemus. In John 3. If you read from verse 5. He said, Verily I son to you. He said, Whosoever is not born of the spirit and of the water cannot see the kingdom of God. Then in verse 6, he now said very clearly. He said, That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit, capital S, spirit, that's the Holy Ghost, is spirit, small letter S, that is human spirit. That which is born of the Holy Ghost is spirit. Therefore, if God is a consuming fire, that which is born of fire is, shout it, fire. You see that that's your nature? If you are anything less than a fire, you are not born of God. If you are anything less than a fire, less than fire, you are not born of God. God is fiery. Fire. You meet God, you be fire. He came down on Mount Sinai and the Bible said the whole mountain was quaking and vibrating. And the whole mountain, the Bible said, was on fire. You, you enter your office, everything as, as, as it was when you were living. The, I tell people this, you cannot be with me. You cannot really be with me with a good heart and learn from me and you will not catch fire. It's not possible. Ask those who have pastored in many, many years. You can't. If you are not catching it, there's something standing in your way. It's called your heart. You can't. You walk with me. Ah, you catch fire. Somebody told me something. He said, there's no time I call you to ask for something. He said, you will just digress to scripture. He said, by the time I'm, you are done with me, I go back on my knees and say, God, help me. I said, that is it. You can't, you can't. You, you see a backsliding believer go to somebody and they will leave more backsliding than they were before they went to the person. People come to you, even the little fire they have left, you quench it. You don't set them on fire. 
Hachete parusu tabali andeke baha. Ratosi kariada. Levrotufa vavachete ya. Jite baso krototo. Randeke bayada bahatua. Irikatu sepra ekratete. Remba kusafara. Ratatu sete. Rimba baroto. Keke yandaba. Jate adabasa. Beboso vavariada. Kizatayaba. Thus say the Lord. If you will connect with the word that I'm speaking to you today. Say the Lord. I will open the heavens and pour you a fresh fire. So that you have never seen in your life before, and those things that have stood in your way, making a mockery of your Christianity, making a mockery of your faith, making a mockery of your marriage, making a mockery of your ministry, making a mockery of your giftings, making a mockery of your wife, of your husband, of your children, of your work, of your career. That fire shall consume the spirit behind them, and everything shall fall upon you in pleasant places. Say the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. That was fire. That's the Lord. Thank you, Lord Holy Spirit. That's the Lord speaking to you. If you will connect with this word with a, with a good heart. Fire is coming. Fire, fire, fire. Fire, follow me. I like that Caribbean song by Donnie McClucky. Fire, fire, fire. Hey. Fire, follow me. I say, fire, fire, fire. Come on. Fire, follow me. When? Eh? From the day of Pentecost. Fire, follow me. Hey. Like the day of Pentecost. Fire, follow. Fire, fire. Fire, fire, fire. Sing it where you are. Fire, follow me. Fire, fire. Fire, fire, fire. Come on. Fire, follow me. Like the day. Like the day of Pentecost. Fire, follow me. Yeah. Like the day of Pentecost. Fire, fall on me. Receive fresh fire. In the name of Jesus. The house of Jacob has to be a fire. The house of Joseph has to be a flame. All of these shenanigans of the spirit, of the devil, going around us. And they said this about me. You are not on fire. When you are on fire, when people criticize you, the fire consumes it. When you are on fire, and they speak a lie against you, and you hear it, the fire consumes it. The effect of the enemy's weapon can be felt on you because you are on fire. Because that fire, go and read the Bible very well. In the days of Elijah, it consumed water. He leaks water, this fire, I'm telling you. He leaks the words of men that are supposed to be water to wash down your fire. That fire comes. Normally, water put out fire. But this fire, mm, 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 mm. no amount of criticism can put it out. No amount of gossip can put it out. No amount of lies can put it out. This fire is burning from a source that can never run out of fire. Shout hallelujah. Tap your neighbor, say, neighbor, you need fire. This fire can burn coronavirus. It can burn coronavirus. I'm talking about the consuming fire. It will consume it. What is corrupt where? It will be corroded. This fire I'm talking about. The fire of God. Isaiah 66 verse 15. The Bible was describing God. He said, for behold, the Lord will come with fire. Oh, <laughs> You see, when God comes into a place with fire. In Acts 2, and there came a sound from above, like a rushing mighty wind. And the Bible says, if sat on every one of them, clothing tongues of fire. When God comes to a place, fire comes with him. Even when he came to Elijah on the mountain top, the Bible says, and there was an earthquake, God was not there. There was wind, God was not there. Bible says, and there was fire. Though God was not there, but the Bible says, he still came with the presence of God. 
It was in the small, still voice that God was, but the fire was part of his entourage. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? He came with it. He came with it. A car may not be carrying the president, but it may be in front of the president. That car in front is as important as the one behind. It's part of the entourage. The fire is part of the entourage. Everywhere you see God go, you see fire. Second Samuel, look at this. Second Samuel, chapter 22, verse 9. And verse 13. I want to read it to you. Second Samuel 22 verse 9 and verse 13. Get ready. Fire is coming on you. Fire. Fresh fire is coming on you. Because if we don't become a fire and a flame, we can't possess our possessions. This devil will know before this year is over that somebody is on fire in your household. Whatever has been stolen from you, I prophesy. By you coming on fire, you are taking possession in the name of Jesus Christ. Since the day of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God suffered a violence. And only the violence of fire can take it by force. This devil is a dirty fighter. He won't give up without opposition. He's determined to fight you to the Lord, but we are setting you off. God is setting you on fire today. Because that fire will neutralize his aggression. The moment he sees this, he, he flees. Second Samuel 22 verse 9. He said, there went up a smoke out of his nursery. That's God. From his nostril, smoke is coming out. Smoke is a sign, the evidence that fire is present. His smoke is coming from his nose, fire is in his body. <laughs> when you see smoke somewhere, he said there is no smoke without fire. He said smoke coming from his nostril and then fire out of his mouth. So when you speak from today, fire comes out of your mouth. When you say, you foul devil of depression, live my life now. Fire goes out, consume it, and that devil, you see, running, 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 running. Let me share with you an experience I had some years ago. When God was teaching me about the fire, his fire. I had a vision of the night, and in that vision, I was in a place. And some devil, in black clothes, about three or four of them, about four of them, appeared. I said, we're here to oppress you. And I said, really? I said, Father, thank you. I release now on you. Fire! Listen to me. When I cried out fire, fire came out from places I never thought fire could come out. Around, around them, they were running. They were not running on their two feet. Running and falling, running and falling. The fire was chasing the fire. When I woke up from that vision, I said, wow. That's the, God said, that's the power of my fire. I said, call it down anytime. Call it down. But there's something that you need before that fire can burn. I'm coming to that. Fire from his mouth. Devoured. Coals were kindled by a coals. Coals that were just there. No coals. No coals are used for fire. But they're just there. By just the fire from his mouth, the coals caught fire. In fact, in verse 13 of 2 Samuel, the same chapter, verse 13. Look at this. It says, through the brightness before him, through the brightness before him were coals. Coals of fire kindled. They caught fire. Coals caught fire because of that. Second thing that you must know about the fire that I'm talking about is this. Number one is your spiritual identity. One of your spiritual, our spiritual identity. Then number two, God's fire within us makes us a great threat to the enemy. God's fire on your life, within you, makes you a threat. You are not a threat because you sing in, in the Holy Ghost. You are not a threat because you pray in tongues. You are not a threat because you wear the mantle of a born-again Christian. You are not a threat just because you can prophesy. You are a threat if you are a carrier of fire. That's what makes you a threat. All of those things are supposed to bring that fire into your life. You are a threat because you carry the fire. Let me show you this. 
Let me show you this. Renambonke of blessed memory. Great evangelist that traveled the whole world preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven. A man of great passion for souls. I read one of his book, Evangelism by Fire. That was the title of the book, Evangelism by Fire. I read it 22 years ago. Evangelism by Fire. That thing set me on fire. Evangelism by Fire. By Renambonke. This is one, one of the things Mr. Metti made. He said, no fly, no fly can settle peacefully on a hot stove or oven. No fly. The devil settles in your life. Make mockery of you. Mockery of your children. Mockery of your marriage. Mockery of your business. Mockery of your ministry. And you don't see that something's wrong with you. The reason why I can settle that is because there's, there's just coldness all over. Lukewarmness. That's what God said. He said you are neither, in Revelation 3, the Laodicean church, I think verse 15. He said you are neither cold nor hot. I will spit you out of my mouth. I wish you were either cold or hot. We've lost our fire, fieriness. The fire that's supposed to be in us is gone. We are now playing churchianity. Thank God churches are closed now. I'm so happy. Because now you will know that you are a Christian. Or you are a church goer. There are some people that we, they will die if they don't go to church. Because they can't sustain their Christianity on their own. In those days when the church was being persecuted, our disciples were underground. What am I saying here? Are you practicing churchianity? Or you are actually engaging Christianity? You don't need a four walls to make you feel like a Christian. Where you are, if you have the fire of the Holy Ghost in you, God will speak to you there. God will direct you there. So let's be, don't let us be deceived. Uh, see what the devil is doing. Uh, the devil has stopped people from going to church. The devil didn't do it. God scattered the church. So that we can go and reach out to people that we will not ever be able to reach. We have reached many peoples in this ministry, in Bahrain, in Dubai, in Abu Dhabi, in Canada, in Australia. People have been giving their lives to Christ in, in, in America, in Brazil. That we couldn't have reached if we had just been meeting here, just doing our religious social gathering. You know, the one that you, you wear shoes today, you, you, you divide pepper tomorrow. All those kind of nonsense. Christianity, that's all Christianity is all about. <laughs> Christianity is about fire. We need to consume the enemy. When we speak, fire should come out. Don't let us turn Christianity into socialism. We come together, we talk and talk after service. Even the word of God that was preached, we can't remember. But the, the after service uh, topic, you remember. Even the word, you can't remember. What has the church? God has to shut down the church. Because the church has been turned into a social club. Social club. So, I say it again, social club. No longer the place of fire. You say, pastor, we preach about unforgiveness. After the service, somebody will still go and fight someone. And you say, didn't you hear the word? No fire. Fire is lost. Look at Joel 2, from verse 1 to 5. Listen to, look at how God described the church. This is the church. Look at how God described the church. This is what the church is supposed to be like. An army, not social, social club members. We're not here for go to play golf. We're not on heart just to have some kind of elite profile. Nonsense. Elite profile that means nothing to the most high God. That which is highly exalted before men. It's an abomination before God. I speak as a prophet of the most high God. An abomination before God. 
And some people will use so many, so many lies and deception to wrap people around them, wrap people around them, and deceive them. And that's what we're doing in the church. God shuts down the church. Praise the Lord for that. The church was, was thinking to God. Thinking. We have mastered the art of speaking it on. Reproto, soprocoto, locoloto, levrandanda, dandondondo. When our heart is full of dirt and rotten nature of the devil. Somebody can speak in tongues and then plan evil against somebody else. Ah, Christian. Christian. You are in a church. You, go, you come to a service and then on your way home, all you can say to your husband from the church home is the bad thing that happened. And I will show them. What a ah, ah, believer of Jesus Christ. Fire should consume that thought in your heart. That's the devil. You just didn't know that you have just become a weapon. You didn't know. You were, your anger and feeling took you over. And you see wives that will fill their husband's head with lies. And deceive their husband. And we convince their husband not to be as committed as he used to be. They won't let him rest. The fire is gone. Husband, hear me. Set yourself on fire. Because when you get to heaven, eh, God will not judge you as a couple. <laughs> he will separate you aside, separate her aside. So tell her, if you want to backslide, you backslide. As far as I'm concerned, like Joshua said, as for me, are you hearing me? And my house, we will serve the Lord. I want men in this church and men around in the world to take their place and stop, stop, stop letting those women push you around. Take your place. You are the prophet of the house. You are the pastor. Take your place. When your wife is speaking from the flesh, say, keep quiet. Say, this is the word of the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Not based on how somebody behaves to us in church. No fire. No fire. Fire is gone. But it's coming upon you afresh today in Jesus' name. Look at how God described, look at how God described the fire. Listen to this. He said, I mean, describe the church of God. He said, blow ye the trumpet in Zion. We need to blow trumpet, not whistle. That's what we're doing. Whistle. Whistle. Trumpet. That's what I'm blowing right now. Trumpet. Trumpet is louder like Trump. I'm trumping like Trump. Trumpet. That's what I'm blowing. And I'm not afraid to blow it because I've got God on my side. He said, Blow ye the trumpet in Zion. Sound an alarm. Not a car horn. Alarm. In my holy mountain, where is the trumpet supposed to be blown? In his holy mountain. He says, sound an alarm. Look at this. In my holy mountain, let all the inhabitants of the land tremble. This message should be causing you to tremble right now. If he's doing that, hallelujah, God is at work. Uh -huh. That's the kind of message we need to hear. I preached a message on Wednesday on loves. A lady sent us a message from Chicago. Chicago, America. She said, this is the kind of word that the body of Christ needs to hear, sir. I'm glad that someone is bold enough to tell them. Woo! I said, thank you, Jesus. All the way from Chicago. He said, Let it, he said they will tremble. For the day of the Lord cometh. God, Jesus is coming back. Hey, I'm sounding this alarm today. All these your shenanigans. Listen, Jesus is coming back. Please don't miss heaven or else it will be too late. The day of the Lord is coming. The second coming of Jesus. Prepare yourself. Stop hating people. Stop being wicked. Stop walking in unforgiveness. Stop being disobedient to the word of God. Humble yourself. 
and walk in love. Don't let this message of today stand against you on the day of judgment. He said, you never had. He said, a day of darkness, a day of gloominess, a day of clouds, a day of thick darkness, as the morning spread upon the mountains, a great people and a strong, there hath not been ever like, this is the church now, neither shall there be more after it, even to the years of many generations. Look at them. He said, a fire devoured before them. That's the church of God. The church of God is fire. 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 He said, a fire devoured. Look at that. A fire devoured before them, and behind them, flame burning. They are surrounded by fire. This is the church of Jesus Christ. He said, the land is as a garden of Eden before them. And behind them is desolate wilderness. Yea, and nothing shall escape them. You see that? Obadiah 1.18. He said, nothing shall be remaining. He said, nothing shall escape them. Here again, in Joel chapter 2. Nothing shall escape them. He said, the appearance of them is as the appearance of horses and horsemen. So that they run like the noise of chariots on the top of the mountains. Shall they leap? Like the noise of a flame of fire that devoured the stubble as the strong people set in battle. I always tell our people that when we're going to service, is we're going to battlefield. But only the strong will survive. Only the people on fire will survive. Only those who are on fire. As I close the service today, how can I ignite the fire? How can I? Ignite this fire you're talking about, Bishop. Very simple. You need the oil. That's all. <laughs> That's all. You need the oil. The oil is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. When that anointing comes on you, that's why Jesus said, he will, I mean, John said, He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost. That's the oil. Then fire starts. When you look into scriptures, it is the oil that powered the lamp to burn. In Matthew 25, from verse 6 to verse 9, remember the story of the virgin, the ten virgins? What stopped, what made their lamp to stop? The foolish ones. And what made the lamps of the foolish, or the wise ones to keep burning? Oil. Oil. O-I-L. Oil. In Matthew 25, verse 6 to 9, say, and at midnight, Matthew 25, 6 to 9, and at midnight, there was a cry, behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourself. Listen to me. You cannot use your husband's oil to flame your own fire. Everybody needs their own anointing. These guys wanted another person's oil to set their own fire burning. They said, no, 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 that's not the way it works in the kingdom. You need your own oil. You need your own anointing. Are you hearing me today? So I prophesy to you, may God give you your own oil today for your fire to burn, for your lamp not to go out in the name of Jesus Christ. Give me oil in my lamp. Keep me burning. Give me oil in my lamp. I pray, give me oil in my lamp, keep me burning, keep me burning, till the end of day. Then we go to sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna, 
Sing Hosanna to the King of Kings. Sing Hosanna. Sing Hosanna. Sing Hosanna to the King of Kings. Those are the kind of songs we were singing when I got saved in the 80s. That kind of song we were singing. Give me oil in my lamp. Keep me burning. You need your own oil. Some people say, hey, my wife will pray for me. My husband will pray for me. My husband will go to church for me. But you are making a big mistake. You're, you cannot use the oil of your uncle for your brother. You, you, the, a, a niece cannot use the oil, the oil of the auntie to survive. You need your oil. Those guys said, go and get yours. Tell your neighbor, say, go and get your own oil. Say to your neighbor, I bought, I bought. Say, go and get your own oil. Don't say because my daddy is a pastor, therefore I don't need oil. You are joking. You better get your own oil. My daddy is an archbishop. Whoa. Sorry. Look. <laughs> you are deceiving yourself. Oh, I, I, I'm very close to the bishop. Uh, you better go and get your oil. I will not share my oil with you. Except the anointing that God says I should put on you to break yokes. Get your own oil to keep your Christian life, your spiritual life on fire. That's what they were telling them. Oil is needed for the lamp. Exodus 27 verse 20. I've got to start closing quickly. My time is going. Oil is needed for the, for the lamp. Exodus 27 verse 20. Listen to this. And thou shalt command the children of Israel, God speaking, that they bring thee pure oil, olive. My wife's middle name is Olive. That's why I call, I call her Olive. Olive. Olive means peace. Pure oil, olive, beaten for the light. You see that? To cause the lamp to burn for two days. For three days, for four days, for five days. What did the Bible say there? Always. The oil I'm talking about will cause the fire in you to keep burning all the time. Oil is needed for fire. Leviticus 24. Look at verse 2. Leviticus 24 verse 2. Leviticus 24 verse 2. It said, command the children of Israel... That they bring thee pure oil, olive, beating for the light. Listen to this. To cause the lamps to burn continually. Continually. Say to your neighbor, say you need oil for your lamp. Say you need oil for your fire. Say you need oil for your fire. Sometimes the oil has gone down. And your light is dim. It's not as bright as it should be. When I was in school in those days, some of you may remember who were born in those era, who went to school in the 70s and the early 80s, in the 81 to 85, when I was in secondary school then. There's this lamp that we always take. I was in the boarding, boarding house. I was in boarding house. And we always have prep time uh, from 7 to 9 o'clock. And um, there's this lamp that we take. It's, it's, it's made in such a way that it has the bottom part. It's like a vessel that contains the kerosene. The kerosene. And then that kerosene is the oil that fuels the fire. So at times when we are, when we are reading and the, the lamp, the light begins to dim. Somebody will say, ah, your kerosene <laughs> is finishing. So you open your kerosene, the, the vessel, the bottom part. You will tilt it so where... The thread of the fire is so that it will keep burning and you will keep reading. Keep burning. But the moment that kerosene finish, not speaking in tongues, can cause the fire to burn. Every fire is powered by oil. 
The anointing is what you need to power that fire. And that's why I say get the bottle of anointing oil ready. And as I close, quickly, in closing now. Now, I promise you, in closing. How do I get the oil? The first thing is by being anointed with it. That's the simplest. You're anointed with it. That's through, we call it impartation. Through impartation, by being anointed with oil. That's one of the ways. But there are other ways. I want to say just simple, simple, I mean very quickly. By remaining in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Fellowship guarantees the flow of oil. And the flow of oil guarantees the burning of fire. Fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Remember the benediction we normally share? The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The love of God. And what? The sweet fellowship or communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. The Holy Spirit is the custodian of the anointing oil. And for you to have access to the oil, you have to be in fellowship with him. Not calling when you're in trouble alone. I mean, every day you're in fellowship with him. Every day you're in fellowship with him. How do you be in fellowship with him? You must ensure that he guides you in all matters of life. He guides you. The Holy Spirit is not supposed to be someone that you call when there is trouble. Let him guide you in all matters of life. Even if your wife is getting angry about something, say, Holy Spirit, how do I pacify this woman? What do I say to this woman? Even when your husband is raging, say, Lord, what should I say? Holy Spirit, guide me. Guide. They know me in my house. If you lose anything, you're looking for it, the first thing my wife and I will tell our children is, ask the Holy Spirit. At first, it was strange to them, but now they know. Ask the Holy Spirit, show us. And maybe 10 minutes after, boom, where they least expect, it just shows up there. Let him guide you in all matters of life. That's how you fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Let him be your best friend. Mm-hmm. Your best friend. Your BFF. Best friend forever. <laughs> Holy Ghost is my BFF. Let him be your BFF. The way some of us talk to our friend on Instagram, if you talk to the Holy Ghost like that, your life will be better than what it is right now. You're on Instagram day in, day out. Instagram, Insta, Instagram, Insta everything. Tick, tock, tock, tick. Huh? You are on WhatsApp, you are on Facebook, you are on which one again? All manners. If only you will just take one hour of that time and Instagram the Holy Ghost. <laughs> you see what will happen. Let him be your best friend, your BFF. Number three, how do you fellowship with him? Be submissive to him unconditionally. I like this one. Be submissive to the Holy Ghost unconditionally. Unconditionally. Don't give the Holy Ghost condition. If the Holy Ghost said, Come, they need you in church to do this. Yes, ma. Yes, sir. That's what you say to the Holy Ghost. Don't give the Holy Ghost conditions. I will come if you, if you appreciate me, if you recognize me. No. Submit to him unconditionally. And finally, how do you fellowship with the Holy Ghost? Let him be your teacher. He shall teach you all things. That's what Jesus said. He will guide you into all truth, all truth, then he will teach you all things. How do I receive the oil again? Number one, I said by impartation, by being anointed with oil. Number two, by what? What's the second way? By remaining in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And this is the final way to get access to the oil. I'm talking about this very carefully. By remaining connected to spiritual headship. Spiritual headship. I'll say it again. Spiritual headship. Do you know that oil flows from the head? Read your Bible very well. Oil flows from the head. doesn't flow from the leg. <laughs> it flows from the head. Oil flows from the head. So you've got to remain connected to spiritual headship. God established, created, established, and recognizes headship. doesn't joke with it. Psalm 133 verse 1 to 3. Psalm 133 from verse 1 to 3. 
He said, behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head. You see that? Upon where, please? The head, not the leg, not the feet, not the arm, not the shoulder, not even the neck, not even the nose. Upon the head. Oil flows from the head. Stop flirting with the neck. Go for the head. Stop flirting with shoulders. Go for the head. That's where the oil is coming from. Don't let any shoulder deceive you. The oil flows from the head. You've got to remain in fellowship with the head. Connected to headship. He says that the precious ointment upon the head that ran down, look at that, it's coming, it's running down upon the beard. The beard is connected to what? The head. So anything connected to the head gets the oil. That ran down the beard, even to Aaron's beard, and went down to the skirts. The skirt is on Aaron's body. Anything connected to the body of the head gets the oil. Don't you get that spiritual principle? As the dew of Ammon. Now he's describing what the oil can do. Listen to this. He said the oil will be like the dew of Ammon. He said, and as the dew that descended upon the mantles of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing even life forevermore. Listen very carefully. When that oil touches your life, God will command a blessing over your life. Like the dew of Ammon. God created, established and recognizes the earth. Look at your scripture very well. You will see God talking about head. First Corinthians 11 verse 3. He said, but I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ. And the head of the woman is the man. And the head of Christ is God. So you see God talking about head, 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 head. Joshua 21 verse 1. When there was a problem uh, among the people and the Levites had to speak. Who were the people that came forward? Joshua 21 verse 1. Then came near the head, came near the heads of the fathers of the Levites. The heads were the ones that came to, to speak on behalf. Don't connect to shoulder. Don't flirt with neck. Don't flirt with, with, with waist. Go for the head. That's where the oil flows from. As I close, and I close now. Jesus, first of all, is our supreme head. Stay connected to Jesus Christ. Ephesians 5.23 For the husband is the head of the wife even as Christ is the head of the church. Jesus is the ultimate head that you must be connected to. Not a man. Jesus is the ultimate head you must be connected to. Colossians 1.18 says And he is the head of the body. The church. He is the head of the body. Ephesians 1.22 He says And he had put all things under his feet to, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Jesus is the supreme head that you must be connected to. But you know what Jesus did? He delegated headship to people in the fivefold ministries. He delegated headship to husbands at home. The husband is the head of the wife. There's no theology that can prove that wrong. The Bible is what it is and it says what it says and it means everything it says and it says everything it means. Don't argue it. It may not be as rich as you are. It may not be as handsome as you are but he's the head of the home. Give him that place. So Jesus delegated headship to pastors in churches to apostles. You will see in 1 Corinthians 12, 28 and God has set some in the church first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps government, diversity of tongues. 
set them in the church. That's why James 5.14 says, Is any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil. You see, when